If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India RE. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. It's Father's Day weekend. We're talking about the state of black men and black fatherhood in America. Mark Morial from the National Urban League is with us, along with our favorite psychologist, Dr. Aldwan Tart. Cafe Mocha begins now. So, Lonnie, I'm uh, I'm watching whatever show, and all of a sudden, this Skippy commercial comes on, and it's your voice. And I was like, I'm going to my Skippy place with Lonnie Love. Congratulations. <laughs> and you were doing the whole campaign because they were running those commercials like crazy. And it was one after another. And I was counting your money, girl. Count you know what? You know what? You know, it's funny that when one door closes and I'm talking about the real other doors open and that's the beauty of it. And uh, so I was able to get this wonderful Skippy campaign, which is a voiceover. I've been getting a lot of voiceover projects and I think it's because of all of your training, Angelique, You're with Cafe Mocha throughout the years, <laughs> you telling me to pronounce my words and have personality. You are worth something. So thank you. Angelique. <laughs> oh, I am worth something. Thank you. <laughs> so you're a good producer. You really, really are. So I'm really thankful to the people. But also I have some other projects. Um, I'm very excited to be working with Eva Longoria on the Gordita Chronicles. Which Finally, is coming you've been talking on... about this forever. Finally, it is premiering uh, June, July, HBO Max. It's a wonderful story about a family in Puerto Rico. And we actually shot it in Puerto Rico. I'm just excited that it's finally coming out. It's something that, you know, I love doing multicultural series and things like that. So it's really, really good. And also I have uh, Iron Chef is being rebooted. So okay. I am. Uh, My mom loves that show. What are you doing? I'm a judge. I'm uh, all I do is taste the food. I just sit there and look them, watch them cook at Kitchen Stadium. So I'm so excited. This, I love Iron Chef. Uh, growing up, this is the rebooted version, and uh, they're basically other Iron Chefs coming back fighting for the Iron Legacy. Why? So, how do you get to judge famous chefs on food? Because I won World's Worst Cook. <laughs> That's why. And I saw every I, episode. Lonnie. I am. And it will be on Netflix. So, you know, Ooh. it's like, it's always good. And also Daily Pop. How's that going? Oh, I am loving Daily Pop. My E! News family, they're allowing me to come in, I guess, co-host. And, you know, we are living in these times where you get COVID. You know, if someone gets it, I have to come in. I may uh, actually lead the show. And uh, so, 
I'm really happy because I know how to lead shows. And I've been here again, Angelique, under your guidance. I have been able to understand how to Don't carry be blaming. a show. Don't be blaming <laughs> nothing on me. I mean, I love it because now I don't have to work so hard. I could just sit back and let Lonnie do like 90, 90% of the work. I mean, the on-air work, the, the behind the scenes work. I still got to do all of that. You do it. And I just want people to know, Angelique is a wonderful producer. The shows that you hear, she puts them together. I basically come on, Yo-Yo and I, we do talking, we do interviews. She helps us with the interviews. She puts together the scripts. She puts the editing. She And we have an engineer that helps her. Um, but to be able to do that, and she's been doing it for 10 years, uh, we just want to thank you too. We're going to give you. want to give you some light as well. Give it's me hard. some Skippy. Send some me some Skippy over, like a case Skippy of Skippy place. place. <laughs> also, uh, I have a new podcast out. Uh, it's called Squirrel Friends, which is the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Squirrel and, uh, Friends. We call people that like drag race Squirrel Friends. RuPaul gave that name. And okay. so we recap current episodes of Drag Race. And right now they're in All-Star 7. You know, it's always good. June is Gay Pride Month. I think it's always important to be an ally uh, to marginalized groups. So this uh, is very important to me to recognize our LGBTQAI plus brothers and sisters because, you know, we are all fighting for equality and rights. So it's very important that we become allies. And uh, a nice way to do that is, you know, working with them and collaborating with them. So I'm always happy to work with them. On a personal level, uh-huh. I got my four wisdom teeth removed. Oh, my God. At once? All at once. And I'm going to tell you, don't wait till you get in your 50s to, you know, get your wisdom teeth removed. If you need to get them removed as early as you can. I don't know why, um, you know, my mouth is big. So my all every time I, my it dentist is. was like, your, your teeth fit. But what happened was my wisdom teeth all had cavities. Really? Yeah. She said, you got cavities. So either I have to fill them or you might as well just take them out because as you get older, they're going to be a problem. And that's the first time, Angelique, that I really thought about mortality. Mm. Because I was like, wow, I don't have that many more years. It really kind of like shook me for a minute. And I said, I got to get myself right. And I got to start preparing myself. And so, you know. I don't like anything you're saying right now. I know. But, you know, if you want to have, a, you know, the, the time that you have left, you have to think about it. And, you know, you prepare for it. And so, and so my, my dentist, she said, Are, you got to take care of those teeth because, you know, they're decaying. And, um, and so then I went to my dentist. I said, please please, whatever you do, try to save some of my teeth so I can say goodbye to them because they've been with me all my life. And so he was able to take out two teeth and I have two of them, they're whole. And I saw the cavities and I have them with me. Did you, did you put them under your pillow for the tooth fairy? You know what? I forgot to do that. I'm going to do What's that. What's wrong with you? Because when we were kids, you might, I was going to say, the, the price since the last time we had a tooth has gone up substantially. <laughs> I told him, just knock me out. And I woke up in the middle of it. 
Oh, shut was, up. I opened my eyes. I was woozy, but I could like hear like the drilling and, mm, the, oh and I was like, ag, ag, ag. And, and then I knocked out again and I woke back, I woke up and it was over. So, you know, <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> That's my experience. It's Cafe Mocha Father's Day weekend. Joining us, he's the president of the National Urban League, former mayor of New Orleans and a father, Mark Morial. Thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. Happy Father's Day. Hey, thank you. And sending love right back to you. And uh, congratulations to you all on the success of Cafe Mocha. I'm honored to be with you. And to all the dads and the granddads and the father figures out there, stay strong and happy Father's Day. Mayor Moriel, what's your favorite Father's Day tradition? You know, my favorite Father's Day tradition is very simple. If uh, I had my vision and my druthers, it would be my entire family to go to church together and then to spend time at a meal together. Not a meal in the house, but a meal out somewhere. And uh, just to be able to get as much of my family together as possible uh, is always uh, uh, great. I have three Three wonderful children. They range in age from 16 to 40. Uh, and, uh, you know, just trying to navigate all of their schedules is uh, is, is a little bit of a task because mm-hmm. they're busy. They have things to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we love that tradition. And I think uh, it, it is simply about that special time when you can just uh, be with uh, be with your children and, I, uh, I have a grandchild on the way, first grandchild. Oh, very congratulations. Excited, very excited. Anytime the family could get together. You know, when I was growing up, uh, when I was a, a young younger boy, both my grandfathers were living. So, you know, our tradition was, uh, you know, to go to both grandparents' homes on Father's Day. And, you know, really, it was almost every Sunday we did it, it seemed like. we go to church, then we go to one, you know, one grandparents home and then we end up at the other grandparents home and we kind of hang out there and you know cousins would come over and friends would come over and family members would come over and that was a tradition I really really enjoyed and uh and so getting together with the ones you love spending some quality time with people who are important you know for me is extremely treasured at this stage in my life I was just gonna jump to you know sort of looking back on the generations of fatherhood, mm-hmm. you know, your, your granddad, your dad, how has the image of black fatherhood changed in your opinion, since, you know, you were a kid, you know, I see my image of black men is a strong black man, strong, responsible, hardworking uh, black man who, uh, you know, it's traditional in many ways, but they were also uh, warrior fighters, community leaders. And uh, and uh, that that was my image. Strong black men, my father, my grandfather, my uncles, the coach and and other men in the community that had a, a really strong impact on me. I think now you have families can be so non-traditional and and, and, and there's just so much sometimes separation uh, between okay. families by geography and other issues. And so sometimes it's hard to get together. But what the beauty is, is, you know, we create our own family. Sometimes our family is family by blood and family by friendship and family by experience. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's within the African-American tradition, you know, mm-hmm. always. So I, I like, I totally embrace it. I think it's, uh, it's, it creates the richness and the power of life. 
Talking about the richness of life, how do you describe the state of Black men of today? Are we making any progress? You know, I think that uh, for Black men, it's the best of times and the worst of times. In the sense that we have so many Black men who are <clears throat> accomplished and, and, and successful, who are doing a wide range of things personally and professionally. Uh, but race in this country has created a great wall and a great set of barriers that dramatically impact Black men, the uh, cradle-to-prison pipeline and the criminal justice system, the uh, stereotyping of Black men when it comes to employment and business opportunities uh, has, uh, has taken a ter terrible toll uh, on Black men uh, in our community. Uh, so it is, it is a tearing thing. If I look at the circle of brothers that I grew up with, you know, in, in the neighborhood I grew up in, in the neighborhoods I, I, I frequented, it is, uh, it is a mixed bag. It is, uh, it is brothers who spent many, many years incarcerated. It's brothers who are multimillionaires because they built businesses. It's brothers who have won Grammy awards. Uh, it's brothers who didn't make it to the age of 50. Uh, when I look at my circle, which I think is a microcosm of black men in America. I was a sports athlete. I was a basketball and uh, football player played in, in all of the rec leagues. And so when you do that, you travel the city uh, to lots of neighborhoods and lots of communities. And you built a really large network of people you competed with and against. Uh, so I, I think that I look at it in that way, but I always think it is crucial and it is important when we talk about black men, we have to lift up accomplishments. We have to lift up achievements. We cannot allow the pathologies or the difficulties or the, to totally define who we are. So we have to acknowledge the barriers, the discrimination, the, the exclusion. Uh, but we have to recognize the ability, the power and the strength of so many Black men to overcome and, and achieve and do powerful and wonderful things. Uh, I am a, uh, always say that we have to bust myths you know, about Black men while acknowledging the challenges we face as, as, as a community. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, president and CEO of the National Urban League, Mark Moriel, his former mayor and senator. He released a book um, in the heat of the pandemic called The Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite, and Achieve. What is going on in this country, Mark Moriel, that we can't get gun control, that the gas prices are, are like skyrocketing, Um you know, we can't even get baby formula. The babies can't get baby. What is happening? So is this Joe wanna, Biden's fault? Yeah, let me make an observation about uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the inflation and some of the economic challenges we face. Mm -hmm. As in the last 25 years, the economy has become globalized. So one third of the products we buy in the United States have their origin in China. That's just China. I'm not talking about Vietnam or Taiwan, or Singapore. China remains significantly shut down. Its factories have not reopened. So there is a supply shortage of a number of things. Well, supply shortages create upward pressure on prices. Secondly, we 
are witnessing a war in Ukraine. That war has disrupted the flow of oil in the global system. Uh, and that has put pressure, upward pressure on, uh, on prices. Ukraine uh, produces uh, a significant portion of the grain that is consumed in places like Europe and the Middle East. Uh, because that war is underway there, the farming system is not working at full capacity. Uh, there are some international realities that are impacting us here in the United States. And hopefully it helps people in this country understand why we have to build manufacturing plants in the U.S., why we have to become uh, self-sufficient in energy, uh, why we have to try to reduce our dependence in many ways as the largest economy in the world. But uh, so, so it's to it's to it's to create a framework to help people understand. Now, why do I say that? Because be candid, some of these problems are beyond the power of the president and Congress to truly fix. Now they and that's what I was going to say. People are just blaming Joe Biden. It's easy to blame the king. It's easy to blame. (laughs) But, you know, I said to somebody today, if you're going to blame Joe Biden, where's your plan? Mm. Where's your idea? I got I have very little patience for a critic with no alternative. Give me an alternative. And it's not just with respect to Joe Biden. But it is across the board, right? The notion that uh, you can criticize. So it's easy to criticize Joe Biden. But look, this month we just created, I just uh, did an interview on CNBC. 390,000 jobs are created. uh, And the unemployment rate is now 3% overall, 6% for African-Americans. Yes, it's too high. But two years ago, we were in double-digit unemployment. Uh, and, and, and I'd like to always say, let's make sure when we talk about these issues, we put them in the right perspective. We can criticize, we can be angry about things, but let's understand the perspective that we face. And uh, I think the inflation is being driven by factors outside of the United States. I'm sorry, we only have a few more minutes and we have to get to guns because when you were in New Orleans as mayor, crime went down. We're seeing these mass shootings. We're seeing people just bugging out in the street, shooting and killing people and, and violent crime in the big cities. Any thoughts I suppose at some point we'll figure out the psychology of why this happened and why this exploded during the pandemic. But as someone who had to deal with high crime before, any thoughts, any tips for New York, for Chicago? So we have had a proliferation of guns that have poured into our communities. A proliferation of high capacity. Uh, uh, The lack and the inability of this country to muster up the courage to stand up to the gun industry and pass background checks, bans on assault weapons, uh, that is not gonna solve the problem in and of itself. But unless you, it is easier in most cities 
to get a gun than it is to get a lollipop or a popsicle. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. Guns proliferate. Many of the, the crimes and the shootings that are taking place are taking place with stolen guns, guns that come across state lines. So we have to do that. We also have to reimagine how law enforcement works, and we have to invest in human needs, uh, whether it is mental health or homelessness or youth interventions. I believe that every young person this summer ought to have an opportunity to have a summer job. I believe that every young person who's not old enough to work should be in a camp or an enrichment opportunity. And I think we ought to uh, uh, emphasize that we have to confront the violence problem on multiple fronts. We also have to ask ourselves, what is it that is happening today that makes us so impatient with each other as human beings? Mm-hmm. Where if someone looks at me wrong or steps on my foot, I got to stand up and get in their face. Uh, you know, it happened to me one time recently. It was a while back where someone must have thought uh, I cut in, in front of that person in line at the car wash. And uh, I rolled down my window and I said, be my guest. Go ahead. I'm not in a rush. And by the way, I am not going to get in an argument with you. I love my children too much. I raised up the window. You know, in other words, you got to get into a big old row over something insignificant in the scheme of things because you got a false sense of pride. Something in our community, something in the psyche has too many people on edge with each other for no reason at all, right? And, and then we have to understand that there remains a drug trade in this country uh, with people fighting over turf and people settling scores about uh, what is old or not old. We got to understand the dynamics of this and that some uh, politicians just jumping on a platform and uh, claiming uh, we need to just, you know, add more police. No, 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 no. Just do mental health. That's no plan. It is a plethora of empty rhetoric, but we got to confront it because the number of gun deaths was the highest it's been in American history. Self-inflicted wounds where people are committing suicide and too many of them are people killing their friends and their loved ones and people they know. Father's Day is a day to say we love each other. Father's Day is a day when we need to embrace each other. Father's Day is a day when we need to grasp hope. Father's Day is a day we need to say uh, to family members and others uh, who've participated in some way, thank you. Father's Day is a day to forgive. Thank you, Mark Morial, President, CEO of National Urban League, former mayor of New Orleans. The book is The Gumbo Coalition. Check it out. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, yes. Thank okay. you. I'd love to come back again. Thank you guys. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're talking to Mark Morial. His book is The Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It's Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha. On the line is our clinical psychologist, our Christian psychologist, Dr. Aljuan Tart. Welcome back to Cafe Mocha. Um, listen, we've been talking politics. We've been talking about the mass shootings, but Dr. Tart, you know, kids are watching this. They're hearing this. They're seeing it on TikTok and wherever else they consume stuff. We need to know how do we talk to children about, you know, these headlines and and the fact that there's another school shooting? Well, you know what's changed since we were raised is that kids find out about it via their social media. So we need to find out about what they already know, right? Mm-hmm. And so to ask open-ended questions. So an open-ended question is like, hey, have you heard about anything happening at schools lately? You know, anything dangerous, all right? And so you ask them to open it up, and then kids will open up. The chances of a middle schooler or a high schooler not hearing about this who has a Snapchat or a TikTok or an Instagram account are probably slim to nil at this point. So you just ask them. And then you ask them, how do you feel about gun violence? How do you feel about the, the, the shootings that have occurred. Do, do you feel safe? You just ask them an open-ended question. And so they'll respond. And then based on their responses, what you want to do, parents, is that you want to open them up. So you want to make your kids feel like the most interesting kids in the world. So you want to be interested and make your kids feel interesting. So the more they talk, the more you become like Oprah and try to get them to talk more. So when you say you're numb, like my daughter said she was numb. And I said, well, how are you numb? Because I feel like we've been through this so many times. Unfortunately, I'm just used to seeing it in the media. It, it doesn't shock me. But what disturbed me was seeing the caskets that they were making with TikTok and anime. Mm. That part bothered me because it reminded me that they were really small kids. Mm. What did we do, Dr. Tart? If we feel like our children possibly might be dangerous. You know what? Uh, I can tell you what the warning sign is. Kids spending too much time. We talk a lot about mental health, but what we see are really a loners, right? Mm-hmm. We see a lot of people with mass shooters who are spending a lot of time alone, a lot of time on their computers without interacting with other people. So make sure that your kids are not spending all of their time on, on social media spend a lot of time on computers and then monitor what they're looking at. But what, what I would do is I, I would take them in and get a mental health screen, right? And I would actually sit them down and say, Hey, you know what? We need to, we need to be able to see, see how you're doing. And there are a number, a number of resources for that, you know? So I, I would, I would, I would actually take my child in and parents know, but parents are looking at it and saying, you know what? He's just socially isolated. Like the, the, the mother of the, the young man at, at Uvalde say, you know what? I'm sure he had his reasons, right? I interpreted that as, you know what? He spent a lot of time on his own. He was dealing with some, probably some social rejection. He struggled in interpersonal relationships. And so parents, if you see your kids pulling away, withdrawing, spending too much time by themselves, I think that's a great time to have a mental health screen. Not necessarily that your kid's going to be violent, but it is a sign that your child is struggling socially. 
But can I just say this, Dr. Tar? First of all, teens always pull away and start getting private and start doing things, you know. And then the other thing is I am such an introvert. Even to this day, I spend tons of time by myself, just playing by myself, just like I did when I was a kid. And I've never shot anybody or myself. So how do you know the difference? You know what? You're right. You're right. I'm glad y'all called me out on that. Let me give them a resource. All right. Because you need the actual mental health screening because you're right. You're not going to know who's simply an introvert and enjoying their time. Your writers, your authors, your your musicians, your computer programmers, your gamers versus someone who's really struggling with mental health. So I want you all to check out screening screening dot M-H-A-National dot org. Again, that's screening dot M-H-A-National dot org. So that's Mental Health of America. You can take a mental health test for depression, for anxiety, for psychosis, for bipolar, eating disorders, youth mental health tests. Check out that website and have your kids screen and let the experts be able to tell you where there's an issue. That's a great point. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I always hate to see parents trying to force kids to be something that they're not. Not everybody wants to be at all the parties. Not everybody wants to have 20 friends. Like I need two friends and I know other people and other kids who've sort of been trying to force them into, you know, stuff that they're just not comfortable with. that doesn't fit them, but um, it's it's a continuum. But when you think about it in jail, like, so we're in jail and we get in a fight. Where are we going? What's the worst punishment we can give? No, solitary solitary confinement. All right. And so when when we have kids spending all of their time, right. And we already know from a psychological standpoint uh, that, that solitary confinement for too long is cruel and unusual punishment. It is actually guaranteed psychological trauma. And so when we have our kids spending too much time alone, there's a difference from a kid who's an introvert. And then there's a kid uh, like you saw with the Uvalde that sit up there uh, Googling and, and co- corresponding with different people and asking people to go live, right? Uh, be- because he's spending all of his time on these, these theories and, and, and uh, in front of his computer and not having real human interaction. Right. That is a recipe for disaster for anyone being alone. You can actually die of loneliness. So we need to make mm. sure that our kids are, are not alone and have them screened so that we can know the difference. Dr. Tart, um, what happens when you talk to your child and you guys talk things out, but there's still maybe some anxiety or fear about going back to school? What do you do? Do you let them stay home? Do you, I mean, how do you get them to a place where they feel comfortable? Because it's not like you can say, oh, honey, you'll be fine because you don't know. Well, you know what? First thing I do is you can let them stay home for a day, but you don't, do not want them to devo- develop a pattern of avoiding school because it's only going to get bigger. So I stay home this week. Now I want to stay home next week. So I think you have to practically, this is what a lot of parents did. They called the a school and asked for extra security. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you pull up to that school and you see they're not treating it like another day, all right, they're going through book bags. They are having a police present. There's more resource officers. There's a fire department there. So you call the school and ask for additional resources. Parents have a lot of pressure on the school system. So that's the first thing that you do so that kids come and see, oh, okay, the school is safer because we see more security officers. Second thing is that typically what you see after a school shooting, and it's unfortunate that we have this data because there's been so many, dads tend 
to take their kids to school the next day. Mm-hmm. All right. Because they want to make sure that everything is safe. So more more male presence on on campus. But the other thing is to sit, like, sit down and ask them, you know, what would make you feel safe? Do you need me to drop you off at school versus you drive or take the bus? Do you need mom to check on you around noon? Do you what do you need? Kids will tell you. Kids will tell you. And what I recommend to parents of kids that are afraid to go back, hey, let's just go up to the school and look at it and see how it is. And if you don't feel comfortable, we can go back home. Or if you don't feel comfortable after the first period, I'll come get you. Usually kids going back and seeing that everything is okay is enough for them to be able to adjust. We're talking to our favorite psychologist, Dr. Al Tart. This is Cafe Mocha. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. It's the espresso. Boxer Floyd Mayweather broke out into full tears before being inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. I told myself that I wouldn't cry. This is this is unbelievable. This is one of the best days of my life. And a new study out of Boston University says the parabens in your hair products may cause cancer cells to grow. That's in addition to a study that came out in 2020 that warned. The white woman, the risk of breast cancer is around 9%. In the black woman, that went up to 45%. And it went up further if they use it more frequently, especially the permanent hair dyes. In the Tony Awards, it celebrates the best theater on Broadway was the blackest I've seen. Jennifer Hudson won a Tony, Michael Jackson's play won, and Felicia Rashad took home one, too. Just when I thought I had done everything there was to do, along came Faye Davis in Skeleton Crew. Dominique Mariso, thank you very much for writing the play. That's the espresso. Cafe Mocha, we're talking to Dr. Al Duan Tart. Happy Father's Day. Uh, yeah. You, you have a what? new baby. Yeah. I do. I, do. I have a COVID uh, pandemic baby. It came as a gift. Yeah, yeah. I got a son out of it. So I got some <laughs> gifts out of this thing. So I am excited. He is five months old and, wow. and uh, eating up house and home already. He wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I love I'm having. I'm glad to have a son at home. Uh, that's eating that's big because it allows me to be able to, you know, not be outnumbered by women. <laughs> what are what are favorite Father's Day traditions for you, whether it's as a dad or, you know, as a son? What what are some traditions that you that you like? <laughs> Let me do what I want to do. Uh, don't call my name. So one of them is I don't want people to call me dad. I want to be Alduan. So for a day. I like to be able to do what I want to do without responsibility. So that is like a lot of men simply just want to be left alone or left alone to do what they enjoy. Uh, However, I do like celebrating Father's Day with my father and my father-in-law and my family. So we tend to barbecue. uh, We tend to have fun. And we'll probably do something uh, new knew this this father's day because of we weren't able to celebrate you know last year like we wanted to we yeah. may go fishing we may go do something that, that bowling we may go do something that you know racing cars legally of course it's doing something that we want to do as men so i look forward to celebrating that uh, with my fathers and also having some me time all right well enjoy and thank you so much for your wisdom and your time and, you know, helping us get our heads straight and our spirits right. 
Oh, anytime, anytime. You good for something, Dr. Tart? Happy Father's Day. Hey, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it. I actually made a video. Y'all check me out at drtart.com, D-R-T-A-R-T-T.com. Drtart.com, I did a video showing you how to interview your kids when it comes to school shootings, and I actually included a teenage girl so you can see how it's done. It's Cafe Mocha. On the line is Tiffany Taylor. She is a biomedical communication specialist for the American Red Cross. Tiffany, welcome to Cafe Mocha. That's a long title. It is, but thank you so much for having me. I wanted to talk to you about giving blood because it seems like in your bio, they call you a second generation blood donor, which means that your family gave blood too, right? You, that's part of like what you do. That's right. And most recently, a few months ago, I actually found out I am a third generation uh, blood donor. My grandfather was a blood donor. And as you can imagine, um, he was unable to donate blood as a World War II uh, soldier to support his comrades. But after, you know, things changed with that, he was able to donate blood and became a blood donor and encouraged my father to do so. And my father encouraged me. But see, the thing is, is that as a community, you know, that's not like I never saw my mom go and give blood. The only attraction is occasionally you see that truck, you know, the American Red Cross truck out there and they say, oh, you get cookies. <laughs> so how do <laughs> like how do we as a community sort of start thinking about this in a way that's deeper than, oh, you get cookies? It starts with a conversation like we're having now. That's how it started with me and my dad. Um, back when we had a landline phone, one mm -hmm. day he came home, I said, you know, the Red Cross is called. Why do they call you so much? And he said, it's because I have O-type blood, which is what's most commonly needed. It's universal um, blood donation type. He said, you do too. And when you get older, they will be calling you as well. And that was the case. When I became a blood donor and got my blood donor card, I have O-positive blood. Um, I am called. And oftentimes, um, majority of those who are African-American or Black have O-type blood, um, which can be transfused to anyone regardless of blood type. It's what's most commonly needed when there is an emergency. And first responders don't have enough time to type the individual who has been injured to type their blood type. They can transfuse okay. that O-type blood and save their life immediately. And pardon me, but what if you want your blood to stay with your people? What if you want your blood to make sure that it's going to people with sickle cell to make sure that it's staying in your community? Is there, I mean, uh, is there any way to do that? Of course. And I, I want to say this, you know, yes, you want your blood to support patients with sickle cell disease. Um, because sickle cell disease disproportionately impacts the Black community, and it's so important to ensure we have a diverse blood supply. That means blood donations from all types of people so that we can give them a right type match. We have to do a little bit more to help our folks. I, I always thought blood was blood. You know, what difference does it make? But 
apparently it does make a difference that, you know, there are people out there that need our blood that cannot accept blood from that lady over there. It's kind of got to come from us. So uh, thank you so much. What's the website? You can visit us at redcrossblood.org forward slash our blood or give us a call at 1-800-RED-CROSS. Thank you, Tiffany Taylor, biomedical communication specialist for the Red Cross. Happy Father's Day to all the daddies out there and to all the mamas pulling double duty. We see you. I buy my mama a Father's Day card every year. Next weekend, we got Yolanda Adams. Until then, you can follow us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.